0: Welcome to First Reading, the Old Testament lectionary podcast for cat lovers. Mm. (laughs) I'm Reverend Dr. Rachel Wren, and I love cats, and I teach biblical studies at Trinity Lutheran Seminary at Capital University.
1: And I'm Rosie Candlethal, PhD candidate in Hebrew Bible at Emory University. I like cats too. (laughs) (laughs) This week, we are bringing you tips and insights for the First Reading for July 3rd, 2022. Rachel is up this week, and where are you
0: headed? Well, we've got a great back episode on Second Kings 5 with Dr. Justin Reed. I would highly recommend it to anybody who's interested in that text, and it is a really great text. So, um, you know, go for a walk, grab your headphones and, and put that one on. You can find it on our website, firstreadingpodcast.com. But we don't, as far as I could tell, have an episode on the alternate first reading for this Sunday, Isaiah 66, verses 10 to 14. So I'm going to take us down that route.
1: Yeah, that sounds great. Take it away.
0: Okay, so this text is a really interesting one. And in many ways, it's kind of a bold challenge for some of you who may not have preached it before, um, because it's got some very distinct feminine imagery in it. Um, Verses 10 to 11 read, Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad for her, all you who love her. Rejoice with her in joy, all you who mourn over her, that you may nurse and be satisfied from her consoling breast, that you may drink deeply with delight from her glorious bosom. I don't know about you, dear preacher listeners, but I'm pretty sure glorious bosom were words that had never been uttered from the pulpit in my congregation. Have you ever heard a sermon on a glorious bosom, Rosie?
1: No, but I am really looking
0: forward to hearing this one. (laughs) Yay, we should celebrate more glorious bosoms. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay, so in some ways, you got to be careful, friends. You don't want to use the term glorious bosom in a way that makes people feel really uncomfortable in your congregation. So, you know, if you are an older male, maybe be careful with that one. Uh, (laughs) But at the same time... Talking about bodies and talking about women's bodies positively in particular is, I think, a really important thing for churches to be doing. Have you ever heard, Rosie, a sermon that really dwells in a positive way on female bodies?
1: No. And yeah, I, I think you're right in addressing that gap. I mean, bodies are so much a part. I mean, that's who we are. And, I, you know, just having become a mother recently myself, it would be so refreshing and encouraging.
0: To hear someone address the reality of bodies, right? Exactly. Well, and you, you know, like you said, being a mother yourself and being a mother myself, this concept of nursing is is really an intimate, beautiful concept that is actually the structure of this passage takes that concept of a nursing mother and does something really interesting with it because it kind of has a straightforward image in the first couple of verses, and then in some ways it flips it at the end. So my my preaching suggestion is actually to pay close attention to the the structure of this passage, because I think that's where the preaching point comes from. But before I get there, I want to just say one quick um, preaching pitfall, which is the Sunday that we're talking about is July 3rd. Mm. July 3rd is, of course, the day before July 4th, the National Day of Independence and our July 4th holiday. That national holiday, married with this image of Jerusalem who is nursing her children, can lend itself to a really nationalistic understanding of this text. Um, I'm thinking of all of my years of art history, of um, the French Revolution, where Mother France is portrayed in art as this really kind of big masculine figure who's got soldiers nursing from her breast as she's got the flag flying behind her and is shooting at an army. So there's some sort of fraught imagery here that I think we just need to name right away, especially with how close this is to July 4th.
1: Right. Yeah. And that's definitely part of our history as Americans.
0: Uh, right. Exactly. Exactly. So, I would caution us not to go too far into the nationalistic thing that could be read here. And I just got back from a trip to Israel-Palestine and we spent a good couple of days in Jerusalem. So I've got lots of images and kind of thoughts about nationalism bouncing around in my head right now. So I would want to say that first. At the same time, this imagery is so interesting here because it starts out with this call to rejoice over Jerusalem and the way that she, her body shall be um, prospered and glorified um, through all nations. Verse 12, I will extend prosperity to her like a river and the wealth of the nations like an ever flowing stream. You shall nurse and be carried on her arm and dandled on her knees. Mm. So the first three verses really focus on Jerusalem and the prosperity of Jerusalem. But in verse 13, there's a flip and there's a, there's a shift because in verse 13, Mother Jerusalem is no longer the subject. Instead, it shifts to Mother God. Hmm. Verse 13 says, as a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. So Jerusalem, the mother, is in the first three verses, and then Jerusalem becomes the space where the comforting is happening in verses 13 to 14. And the the focus, the lens, the spotlight shifts from Mother Jerusalem to Mother God, but the focus still stays on the bodies of the listeners. Remember in the first few verses, they were saying, drink from Jerusalem's breast, be satisfied and glorify in Jerusalem. And then it's shifted to kind of this comforting image of God, which also shifts that attention and that verb from Jerusalem again to God. So it's be satisfied with God, nurse from God, drink deeply with delight from God. And it's almost like, remember we're in Isaiah 66 here and Isaiah 66 is third Isaiah. Third Isaiah, we've returned from exile, but all is not necessarily well. (laughs) Like, We've, we've re-achieved the dream of coming back to Jerusalem, but at the same time, Jerusalem is still, or the people of Jerusalem are still, full of corruption and full of sin. And there's this idea that like, dang, things are not going well here. So rather than seeing this as a really nationalistic text, I'm wondering if what the author of Third Isaiah is doing is shifting From this original nationalistic idea of the prosperity of Jerusalem to, you know what? I think actually our attention needs to be on directing that attention to God. Directing that attention of um, drinking with deep desire from a place to God. And what happens then in the text is this big pivot towards the listener in verse 14. You shall see and rejoice your bodies shall flourish like the grass and that's the piece i think that is the crux to this whole this whole pericope is bodies flourishing like the grass mm. It's like, it's like moving from a metaphor or image in the first few verses to the actual embodied thing that the author really cares about in the last verses, because when it's talking about the wealth of the nations, like an ever flowing stream, what do you picture Rosie?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking of the honey and milk metaphor and like feasting, which is so much a part of third Isaiah, right? This sort of dream of a glorious future. Which, as you've said, is not quite present.
0: Well, and that's, that's actually what I wonder if that's happening here. Because when I hear, you know, the wealth of the nations, I'm picturing those lines of tribute coming and sort of the building up of a national identity. But instead, what's, what's emphasized after this shift from Jerusalem to God is bodies. Bodies that are healthy and will be able to flourish like the grass. So what if the whole point of this passage isn't some apocalyptic future? What if it's actual bodies right now? What if it's this provocative image that that stands quite simply for a flourishing healthy community full of flourishing healthy bodies. So so this preaching point that I'm trying to make if I'm doing it well also helps us out of a preaching pitfall. Namely, this idea of nations trotting out their silver and gold as tribute to Jerusalem or, as we always do as Americans, see ourselves in the place of Jerusalem. That's an image that does not preach very well if you have a history as a colonizing world power, which we kind of do as Americans, Absolutely, right? right. So instead, if we instead think of it not as an apocalyptic future where Jerusalem reigns supreme, but taking this image of the wealth of nations, which is not necessarily money, but which is health and which is healthy bodies, and which is God saying, if you turn your attention away from this nationalistic dream and towards me and your ability to drink and desire and delight in me, then bodies will flourish in your community like the wealth of the nations. That's a long roundabout way to get to a preaching point, but that in my mind is a really kind of provocative, fun image here.
1: Yeah, I think that's really got some preaching, especially just the idea of redefining what success or glory looks like in the health of our community that might
0: preach really well on the 4th of July. I think so. I think there's some really fun things we could do with that because I honestly, I believe more than anything in America right now. What we are longing for is healthy, flourishing communities where we can listen to each other, listen to ourselves, and listen to God. And that is the wealth of the nations that I think we're really deeply desiring. That is beautiful.
1: (sighs) Yeah. Okay. I think, folks, that that is where we should leave it for this week. If you like what you heard, check out more at firstreadingpodcast.com. If you've got a weekly tech study or a buddy who you think would enjoy this podcast, do us a favor, send this link along. You can also leave us a rating on your favorite podcast platform. Big thanks to our eminent co-host, Tim McNinch, for his producing prowess, and to Trinity Lutheran Seminary for a generous grant that helps us to do this podcast. And thanks to all of you for listening. Until next time, I'm Rosie Candible. And
0: I'm Rachel Wren. Flourish away, preachers.